Welcome to Coffee and Change, a podcast where we talk about change in our lives, our work, and our world, and how we're managing it. It is often said that the only thing certain is change. We're living in a world today where uncertainty has become the norm, and you might say an ever-present guest in our lives. We never imagined living and working during a pandemic. And for some who have lost jobs, there's uncertainty on how they'll find security. And for others who still have jobs, there's uncertainty on how long they'll last. Feeling uncertain is normal. We're human after all. But living in uncertainty is a choice. My next guest, Julie Shaler, says you may not be able to control what the outer world throws at you, but you can learn the skills to control your inner world. And as a coach at Empower Coaching, Julie is helping clients, companies, and colleagues learn that skill. Enjoy the listen. Fabulous. Well, my name is Julie Shaler, and I'm a co-founder in Empower Coaching, and we are a leadership and career growth company, really focusing on helping people realize their potential and have just meaningful impact in the work that they do. And so, yeah, I've gone through many career transitions. And so my focus in my coaching is helping people navigate that space of going through a career transition, which has been very, very relevant in recent months, especially. Yeah, I would love to start there because um, I read recently, I think it may have been this morning, I think I saw the new unemployment stats that came out today and the numbers are up again. Oh, yeah. Um, And so there's a lot of people out there that uh, probably are going to be doing career transitions, maybe because they have to. And there's a lot of people out there that I'm starting to talk to that are doing transitions because they want to, because we've never faced um, times like these before. And it's really bringing up a lot in people. So to start with, um, you know, when you think about the work that you do as as a coach and helping people go through transition, how are you feeling in these times? I mean, you're supporting probably clients, customers, friends, family. How are you feeling amidst all of this? You know, it's such an interesting question. And I just have to say, so often I'm feeling gratitude, which is really an odd word probably that you might not have expected. But I have to say that I'm feeling gratitude because over the years of doing this work, because I've been coaching for almost a dozen years now, I've learned a lot of skills like skills in navigating emotions, skills in knowing how to stay focused, skills in building out a plan and following through and the habits and all that kind of stuff. And I will tell you, Bill, that in more time, more now than ever before, I'm leaning on all of those skills in my own life, in my personal life and with my family and all of the things that all of us are struggling with, which is different for each person. So you know, I am very grateful for, for what I've learned because it, it has helped me navigate what we've been dealing with, um, with just a little more peace of mind. I'm not going to say that it's just a smooth road or it's easy peasy every day because there's different stuff that comes up. But, 
it doesn't challenge me or set me back in the way that it might have, you know, 15 years ago or something. Right. And that, I mean, that in itself is, is a, is a sign and demonstration of growth. Right. And, and I think one of the, the things that I'm, I'm definitely experiencing and, I think a lot of my colleagues, peers, you know, customers and clients are experiencing is this new found relationship or companionship with uncertainty. And uncertainty is a word that I know you've thought a lot, uh, a lot about, um, you, you know, you recently, a couple months ago now wrote a great um, article on LinkedIn about uncertainty. And I've been thinking a lot about uncertainty myself, because, you know, you can turn on the news and you can read things and the word is thrown around a lot, right? We're in, un- mm-hmm. we're in uncertain times and we've never seen this much uncertainty. And I think it's interesting how much we hear the word, but we don't actually hear the word, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like we we don't spend time with the word um, right. and, and what it brings up in us. So I would love to have you share some of what you wrote in that article that you feel resonated with people. And then we can talk more about it because it's certainly something that I've given a lot of thought and I'm starting to push people on, like, you know, be a companion with this word. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that the title of the article that I wrote was that uncertainty is a choice. And, and people don't think about it that way. You're absolutely right. For most of us, you hit uncertainty and you, you want to retreat. Like you don't, for most of us as humans, I think we want that certainty. You know, we want to know how things are going to be. And so when they aren't what we expected, and certainly with coronavirus, that was not what any of us would have ever expected. We all of a sudden find ourselves in this place of uncertainty and, and people do not like to stay in that place. Um, and so there's all kinds of different emotions that come up and people get angry or people blame or then there's looting and right. Like there's just all of this stuff that's stirred up largely because we don't know how to navigate this place of uncertainty. And so but I say it's a choice because actually we don't have to stay in that uncertainty. I'm not going to say that there won't be certainty external from us because there there totally will be and there will always be that. I mean, this is the world that we live in, even if coronavirus wasn't in, in happening right now. But um, the uncertainty that we live with inside of us, that's actually, that's a choice that we have because we could stay there and and be feeling miserable or feeling frustrated or feeling angry or scared or any of those kinds of things. Um, or if we can really sort of, to your point, sit with it and and or even have some of the skills, which is sort of what I put in the article with some ideas and some some skills that people can think about of how to navigate that space so that they can shift the way they think about it. It's kind of the same thing with overwhelm. You know, you hear people talk a lot that sometimes uncertainty can create a sense of overwhelm. Um, But interestingly enough, that was kind of an aha moment for me a couple of years back was realizing that even the state of overwhelm can be a choice as well. It can become a state of being. And so we definitely don't want to stay in either of those two places. Yeah, I think you name you name something that I've I've been thinking a lot about lately that that sense of there's overwhelm and there's empowerment and people would probably say that they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. And one thing I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on is I've seen a lot of young, young people newer in the newer in the workplace uh, respond differently uh, to uncertainty. 
there's a number of people that I've seen excited about the uncertainty in the sense of we're at a place we've never been before. The, the tools we used to use, the methods we used to use to work aren't working and, and can't work because of restrictions and limitations. Ah. Th- therefore, I have a brand new palette with which to mix the colors and create something <laughs> new. Um, and I'm seeing that in many corners. And at the same time, I'm seeing different generations or different occupations where people are still in a corner faced with the uncertainty and they're trying to pull out the tools, right? The tools of, well, this used to work, so let me try it. <laughs> um, and they're realizing it's not. And, and for some people, I'm saying to them, stay in that space, stay in that emotion, because there's there's learning on the other side of it, if you can get through it. So right. I would love your thoughts on that. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not a coach, but I'm doing a lot of listening inward. And I'm remembering those times when personally, I you have to go through it um, to kind of get to the other side. So I would love your thoughts on that. Are you seeing that similarly and having conversations with people? Yeah, I mean, it's true. A lot of people are feeling, um, well, and I will say they're they don't know what to do. So there kind of is a lot of fear and, you know, uncertainty is going to create fear. And so there's some people that are, there's a lot of uncertainty. And so I, I do, I have clients that are coming, not, you know, they're kind of some feeling to some extent, a little bit paralyzed about what to do going forward. And so how, and that may be the very reason why we may be talking in the first place is to get a little help with that. And so, um, but it's interesting that you say the younger generation and you're talking about that because, Sometimes this whole situation can be really different depending on the story that we tell ourselves about it. And so to your point, like the younger generation may have more of an open mind about, may have that kind of opportunistic mind, like, wow, look at us in where we are. We're all having to work from home. You know, we're, we're all having like all of these horrendous health issues that are in people dying that we know and, and like all of these things going on. Um, but instead of, it's kind of this, the glass half full, glass half empty lens. And so, yeah, at the same time, change, which is what we're in right now, of course, change always creates major opportunity if that's the way, if that's the lens in which you're looking at it. Um, but then there's others that aren't looking through that same lens. And, and the story that they're telling themselves about what we're happening in this pandemic right now is that it's awful, is that I'm limited, is that there's nothing I can do, and oh, you know, whatever your belief is about the political climate, it's very polarized one way or the other, and so people are getting all in a ton, you know, tons of unrest about that, and so you know, there's a lot of what the story is that they're saying is that it's awful, or it's bad, or and, and that, in many cases, that may be true for sure. I mean, if you just look at the deaths in the country alone, like that is, it's completely awful. Um, but there's also places where if you're looking for what the opportunity can be, um, you you know, I, my husband works for Microsoft and you looked at Microsoft's earnings just closed yesterday. And it was like, you look at the acceleration to the cloud and some of the opportunity that's come from what we've been in. So so there are pieces of it, but kind of I think my point on this is that this is where it kind of comes back to uncertainty being a choice. You know, if you're if the story that you're telling yourself is that everything is awful, well, 
that's actually a choice. And But you're the one that has to live with kind of that sense of internal misery <laughs> of what that might feel like if you get stuck there. And I'm not going to say that it's not like a place where people you know, we all go through these ebbs and flows in our life and there's going to be days that are going to be down, but let's hope that it's not that, you know, what used to be one day doesn't turn into one month or six months or, or something like that. And so um, just really being able to shift the story that you're telling yourself about a certain circumstance can be something that is a game changer just in and of itself. Yeah, I think it's so interesting. What comes to mind when you when you describe it that way is almost as if somebody were to come to this challenge in this situation we're in and say, they have two options. They can say, look at all I can learn, right? So there's that, like, look at all I can learn. And there's another part of me that says, but look at all I've learned that may not apply anymore. So that aspect of maybe I spent up upwards of two decades doing something and that made me who I am. And that, that was my livelihood. And that's why people um, hovered around me because of because of that. Now, all of that's not gone, but maybe much of that's not usable and applicable right now. So I think those are the two stories that anybody could tell themselves, which is well, look at all I can learn and look at all I have learned that may, may no longer be applicable. And in some ways, I'm curious your thoughts on this. There's a grief that has to happen in this, um, which that is a whole nother discussion of the relationship with grief, but is... Is there, is that true to you in the sense of like, when we tell ourselves these stories, we kind of have to grieve one in order to welcome the other? Well, yes, you're right. And, you know, there's certain industries, of course, that you know that are hitting. I have clients that are in the retail industry and they're hit extremely hard. Some have lost jobs and they've been in that industry for their whole entire career. And so um, it is a really challenging, challenging place. But I think as a coach, you know, what I'm encouraging my clients to do right now is not to, it, some of it is a, is, a, is a decision about where you want to focus your attention. Because, you know, we've heard the saying, where focus goes, energy flows. And, and so if you're focusing on the skills that you've lost or the job that you've lost or um, this, the learning and knowledge that you've gained over two decades that you can't use, if that's where your focus is, then no wonder your energy is going to tank and there you're, then you're going to feel stuck and then you're going to feel miserable and then you kind of go into that downward death spiral, which, you know, it, it happens. Um, and so some of it is more looking at, again, it's kind of that that lens of what can we do instead of what we don't have. It's like, what do we have? Because I'm not going to try to be completely naive or Pollyannish on this because, you know, there's very real challenges. But but I think that we all have this choice because if we want to focus on what we don't have, what good does that do us? How does that serve us? It just makes us feel miserable and further further amplifies that feeling of uncertainty, which it can be really paralyzing, um, versus looking at this interesting way of looking at these different challenges of, you know, what am I, to your, like what you said earlier, what am I learning from this? And so, or, or maybe even what do I need to take away or what do I need to learn from this? And maybe that was just, well, 
it's interesting how the universe works in these mysterious ways that we never would have expected. Like I talked to people who were kind of thinking about taking a job change anyway, like they'd been actually kind of this had been in the back of their mind for actually even years, but they never pulled the trigger on it and they never did. And then voila, I guess, you know, I'm not going to say that this is the way that happened, but all of a sudden they find themselves accelerated out of the job that they'd been in for two decades. And guess what? Well, they get to reinvent themselves. It might not have been in the timing that they would have wanted, but, um, but here they are. And so then it's a matter of really focusing on the skills that they do have that are transferable into a different kind of job. Or maybe it's the learning and the growth of some new skills, technology skills, if they didn't have to use those on a day in, day out basis in their prior work. But, but we are all, you know, we, as humans, we are always, you know, there's a huge part of us that's all about learning and growing. And, you know, and if we're not doing that, then we're kind of fizzling away and maybe even kind of dying inside. And so this circumstances that we're in presses us to learn and grow in new ways, or maybe on a quicker time frame than we would have expected. But, but we all have the capability to learn those new skills. And we all have the capability to, sh to change or pivot if we, if we need to. And, you know, there's lots of resources. This is the amazing thing about where we are. And I guess maybe one of the silver linings is, you know, the whole world, and certainly if I'm just thinking about the US, the resources that companies are putting out right now are just phenomenal platforms that are, you know, like Zoom, platforms that are free, Teams, Microsoft Teams platform that's free, all of the link learnings and, you know, all of the, the resources that people are providing right now to help those that are in those periods of not knowing what to do or feeling like they're stuck. Um, and so that's a really great thing too. Yeah, I think it's so interesting how I've, I've also seen a lot of the trends around, you had mentioned, you know, Microsoft, the use of Teams, LinkedIn Learning, you know, things like Headspace is an app, which I use quite a bit, um, Calm. These are, these are all companies that came together and on their own said, there's a lot that people are going through. What we can do is extend and offer these solutions to them for free so that they can do what you're talking about, which is continue to grow and invest in themselves. You know, I saw a really interesting post the other day, LinkedIn, I saw had to let go of quite a few people in their global sales team. And and it was interesting because the transparency with with which the CEO, you know, wrote the wrote the um, post was really powerful to read. But even more powerful were the comments below where people were saying from Tableau, from Salesforce, from saying, hey, um, we've got we've got jobs, we've got opportunities, we've got. Um, and, and when the comment thread became sort of the stitching of altruism, it gave me so much hope of of this moment, as you described. And and it makes me also think a little bit about those that do what you do in the in the world of coaching your world too was disrupted. Your world was upended. Um, very similar, you and I probably excel in our empathy, spending time with the people that we help because of the energy exchange. I'm curious in your world, when you can't jump on a plane and be with someone, or you can't be sitting down and having a cup of coffee or, or a meal, how has your role changed in the way that you, you know, move through this uncertainty changed for you as a coach? You know what's been fascinating, Bill, 
it's been seamless. It's been a seamless transition. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that that would be the case. Um, I meet with a lot of my clients in person if I live in the Seattle area. So if they're local to this area, then I will almost always meet with them in person. A lot of my local clients, I'll go to their offices. Sometimes I'll fly if if that's what they want. And we just switched. We switched to video. And so really like 99% of my clients, and some are over the phone, um, but most all we've just pivoted right to video. And it's been really interesting because I think the people are, people, I will say people are actually a little sick of video too, because they have to be honestly, because they're kind of on it all day long for their own companies and their own work um, because they have to. And so, but the, the seamlessness in which we were able to shift was, was really easy. And so the, the hardest thing for me personally actually was just in our own home space because I have a husband who works full time and I have a son who's going to school and we have one office because usually they're gone. You know, he was gone at school, he was gone at work and I had the home office or else I was off meeting with clients. And so <laughs> we did a little bit of juggling to try to find our spaces in the house, which finally we figured out, but it was a little bit it was a little awkward for a cup for about a month or so till we figured it out. But, but yeah, in terms of my um, business and my client base, we just shifted right over to video and it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I think the word, I love the word pivot and that keeps coming up for a lot of people. And and one of the, the, the things I find interesting and, and I'd like to dig in here a little bit is like purpose. You talked about how in this time, one of the, one of the interesting effects, I think, is that because we're so still and we're spending a lot of time in our in our homes, yeah. um, with our families, with the ones we love, um, it's given us this uh, opportunity that I haven't really seen in my lifetime where you can just stop and let some of the titration happen. For lack of a better term, it's like an alchemical experience, right? It's titration <laughs> happening. And you start to really think about what is my purpose? Because, you know, we're dealing with things like mortality. We're dealing with grief. We're dealing with having things taken away. Um, We're dealing with a complete upheaval of justice systems. And and out of that, people start to ask themselves, what is my purpose? So when we think about pivoting, is purpose an ingredient for pivoting? I believe it is. I believe it is. And I... I like to sit, have this saying that I share with clients on that space around what's most important. And I'm like, hey, if you're kicking back at the end of your life and you're 95 years old and you're on your front porch in your rocker and you're sitting there with your beer or whatever, you, your beverage of choice, and you're reflecting on your life or you're reflecting on your professional life, you know, what are you most proud of? And that's where purpose comes into play, because if people have purpose, they have direction. And so if they have purpose, they have a bigger reason. They have a bigger drive, something that's pulling them that's bigger than a pandemic, at least in their own life, maybe not, you know, globally. But but in terms of having that, yeah, I absolutely feel like that's a huge ingredient. And that is something that can help people um help people with the highs and lows that we go through. You know, it's like you you have something that you're holding on to that's deeply important to you. And so if you have a job loss, yeah, that sucks. But if you have a bigger purpose, 
you get right back up and you find something new that leads you on, that allows you to continue on that path of your purpose. And so that's been a really interesting time because I've talked to a lot of people that are reflecting on that very thing. And, and, and the pandemic has been like a forcing function for people to really reflect on what is most important and do I want to slog through this job for another 15 years or whatever their time frame is. And so it's been a, it's been a big time of reflection, um, just both on what people want to do and what's most important to them personally and professionally and, and for sure, to your point on, on purpose as well. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things that I realized about a week ago, I just finished the course that Yale offers through Coursera called The Science of uh, Well-Being and Happiness. It's a 10-week course, and I took it in, in concert with colleagues of mine. We did it in sort of an accountability fashion, which was really great because you could hold each other accountable and you could check in. And, and I'm also finding it to be this fascinating learning where a number of my colleagues, including me, we're finding it's actually easier and more conducive for us to jump into like a Teams or a Zoom, even if it's unstructured, and not have to fill the space with talking or agenda, but just to say, hey, you, can we work on something together? You do your work, I do my work. We're just in this sort of circle together because it's companionship and because I work best what used to be in the energy of libraries or coffee shops or hotel lobbies, right? That was sort of the just enough of that movement of energy yeah. and people and you could hear things that it that inspired and i always used to call it the um the power of spaces and the power of places you know depending on the challenge i was working through i would change the location of where i would do the work so sometimes i would go to a library other times i would go to a museum like i needed the different power of place to help me motivate yeah. through so i'm noticing now we're creating those in remote ways we're creating those spaces virtually and something like the science of well-being you know and happiness this course ended up being an extension of that for me and my colleagues but the one of the most noticeable metrics it shared with us was i believe that i got this number right i'll have to go back and and correct it in show notes if, if i get it wrong but at the end of this course they survey people a couple months out afterwards and i think about 64 percent of people after they've taken this course, do a career change. Oh, yes. <laughs> that is so true. In fact, it's funny that you say that because when people become a lot more self-aware of what's most important to them, that happens. In fact, it I like to say it's kind of a um, fortunate or unfortunate side effect of coaching. Like I'll go, I'll go in and, and coach with people in a corporate setting because they want, you know, maybe there's a performance thing going on or maybe there's just unrest or whatever that might be. And through the process of what, everything that I'm sure that you gained in that course is, of course, it's this huge amount of self-awareness of, you know, what do I value and what are my strengths and what is my purpose and what do I, you know, what do I do really, really well? All of a sudden they start looking at where they are and they're like, huh this really isn't working out so well for me. And I would, so yeah, you're right. I, I, <laughs> I think that I probably have a company that might not hire me back anymore because everybody that I worked with changed jobs or left the company. You know, they, each person in and of themselves is thrilled with where they are. Um, but yeah, it's, it does happen for sure. <laughs> well, and I think it's the, it goes, it goes back to what you're saying, which is the power of choice. And that, that, 
negotiation that we sometimes have to make, which is, you know, choice of a career or a, a, you know, a profession versus choice of what really, what's, what's the, what's really the light inside of me? Like what's mine to do? What's mine to learn? What's mine to move? And it's interesting in these times that I, I personally think that those things used to creep up in the back of my mind when you'd be sitting in like, you know, seat 6A on Alaska Airlines, right? And you're on a five and a half hour flight and you're looking down and, and those would be the moments when you're, you know, 20,000 feet up in the air and you're looking down and you have perspective. You'd ask yourself, eh, you know, am I aligned with what I really want to be doing or could I do more? But something would distract you, right? Like 10 minutes would go by and then the, you know, flight attendant would come by and be like, would you like another? Oh, sure, I'd like it. So you you you're, you step off that track. But it feels very much now kind of in the in the air in what we're in that there aren't those distractions the way they used to be. We're not really going in it. We can't really run away from it is, is essentially what I'm asking is can't can we run away from it anymore? And, and and is it a good thing that we can't right now? Well, we can run away from it, even if we're in our own house, if we find other coping mechanisms to numb it. So I'm sure you've seen the stats about how, you know, drinking and liquor sales are skyrocketing. And there's so there's different coping. I'm not saying that any of those are good, but uh, to some extent, just being able to navigate the situation that you're in in your own house is fine. But um, you're absolutely right about the external distractions. Those are, for the most part, all removed. So all of the time that we used to be spending sitting in traffic for, you know, two hours, depending on where you live, you know, easily here in this area, two hours a day, um, or all of the demands of being in the team and the distractions, you know, so not that they're bad distractions, but just a lot more distractions when we're going in and out of work every day, and you've got all the different time that you're spending in all these different places. And now that's all gone. And so even just commute time alone, like, here we are in our homes and our greatest commute is walking. My commute now is walking four steps from my bedroom into my office, you know, so it, it's really different, but, but those distractions are still there. And um, we, you're right. We can't run away from it. Um, there's more time. I would say there's more time that people are, are reflecting a little bit more. I'm certainly seeing that in the work that I do. Um, but Again, it's like one of those things, if the awareness is there or they, or they want to it, then they're going to be thinking about it like what you did. Um, but again, if we come back to kind of that mindset and the story that people are saying, if, if they're really unhappy with having to work from home, and I'm not going to undermine the challenges that a lot of people are facing, like for you, for sure, and all the lots of other people that are just way more extroverted in how they have their mental energy, um, they can't go to the coffee shops or be around people. And so you're right, they're, they're looking, I think the healthy way to, to do that is exactly like what you did, where you're still getting that human interaction to the best that you can over video. It's not the same as being with someone and hanging out and having a great time together in person, but, um, but we have to adjust, you know, we have to pivot and, um, and do the best under the circumstances that we have right now. Yeah, I'd love to, um, to get your thoughts as far as this space of growth and development and coaching, um, I'll make a statement that's just an observation. And I would love if you you could keep me honest in it. It feels like this space got very busy very quickly in a digital way. 
Is that an accurate <laughs> statement? <laughs> that actually is an accurate statement. Um, and I, you know, for sure, because we, this is part of the thing that we can do, as, you know, at least as coaches, as consultants, et cetera, um, we're just navigating right to video to do that. That was hard for some people that didn't have the skills or maybe that was not how they ran their businesses. Um, but in terms of growth that either by necessity, because people are losing their jobs and um, they need to reach out for help, which is a great thing to do. Some of the resources are free. Some of it's going to be more personal and, and you're going to have, whether it's a coaching engagement or working with a specific expert to brush up your resume or things like that. But I think people are realizing the need for that um, to, to, so that they're not sort of spinning in the same place with just only the knowledge that they have, which is probably good, but, you know, we can all grow and expand when we're interacting with others and learning from others. And so um, the the space has definitely grown. I don't have stats. I should look that up. That's actually a really good question on how much. Yeah, the... I think it would be interesting because I imagine it would be exponential, honestly. Um, if, 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 if LinkedIn activity is an indicator, which I think it is, and just the uptick in what people are sharing and writing and clicking and viewing has been fascinating as, as sort of a leading, you know, a leading indicator. Um, and at the same time, I'm curious if you would share your thoughts, if, if, if you um, are comfortable doing so. Let's say there's someone who is not engaged a coach yet. Let's say someone who has, you know, either their career has been impacted or their life has been impacted and they, they do want to take this step, but it's a pretty busy uh, it, it appears to be a very busy digital store right now. <laughs> um, what would be some of the tips you'd share with people on how to get started and find the right mix or balance or energy exchange for them? Yeah, and when you say getting started, you mean getting started on the on the career transition? Is that the is that the place you're talking about? Yeah, let's assume let's assume it's a career transition, and there's people that, like you said, there's there's a lot of resources out there, and they're and they're free, and that that's great. That can also be overwhelmed, right? That can be like a person saying, "Oh, I have to go take every LinkedIn course because it's free right now. I have to take every meditation thing because it's free." Well, that can actually kind of you know bring somebody down because they're just they're doing a lot. So if they if they were to say, "Okay, I want to figure out how to reach out to a coach or how to do the career transition." or how to do some of that delving into what's my purpose. And what they're looking at right now is, is, is very cumbersome and busy. Any tips to help them kind of narrow or take that first step um, or what that journey might look like for someone? Oh yeah, it's a great question. And I would say the first thing that is really helpful for people to think about is just to reflect on themselves and how do they learn best? Some people learn best with an online course and training. And then in, the, in that case, for those people, then the best thing they can do is really try to focus and prioritize. Because to your point, there's so much out there. It can be like just squirrel, squirrel, squirrel everywhere. And, and so then you're not doing anything but just kind of soaking in a lot of information and staying exactly where you are, which is, you know, maybe you're learning more, which is great, but if it's not helping you advance further, then that's, that's not going to be a great solution. And so really trying to prioritize what, 
what you want to focus on first, finishing that, and then moving on to, and, and to really, to your point that you said earlier, having purpose so that you know where you're going. So having, regardless of whether it's online learning or if it's with a coach or if it's in a small group, um, you know, first thinking about how you learn best, because some people really do learn best with more of a one-on-one -on -one type of situation or one-on-one -on -one type of engagement that allows them to go deeper, to really have another human being that they can have a discussion with. And it's just more personal and, and personalized as well. And then some, you know, just like you talked about with the course that you were taking, they are going to learn best because they're in proximity with other people and maybe not they're in virtual proximity. <laughs> um, but that's the way that they learn best is because they're going to get the stories and the feedback from multiple people. And so I think that's a first step is really for people to reflect on how how do I learn best? And and then once they've locked onto that, then it's a matter of doing a little bit of research. So it's it would then be honing in on what do I actually want to learn? Do I want to learn meditation or mindfulness? Do I want to learn about personal branding? Do I want to learn how to figure out what my next job is? Or do I want to learn about, you know, a specific uh, company tr uh, industry trend or something? And so then once you've figured out where you want to specialize or where you want to hone into, then you can be doing the research to find out, well, who are or where are the ex where is the expertise in that space? And so, you know, that would allow you then in the noise of everything with LinkedIn Learning, which is providing you everything from how to do inner, you know, interview tips and and AI interviewing feedback all the way through like jobs that are posted and listed. So um, that'll help you really cut through the noise. And, you know, if it's a one-on-one -on -one engagement, I have a lot of people that I talk to because my focus is around career growth and career transition. And so helping people understand and figure out what that ideal next step is for them. And then also layering on to that, the positioning. Okay, like I figured out what that next step is. Now, how do I tell that story? Um, and so, but I would say that when, if it's an individual coach or even a group that you're talking to several and, and so then I think that's just really, it would be just the same as if you were having some sort of service in your home, most likely you're going to get a couple of bids. You're going to talk to a couple of companies or a couple of individuals. And through that process, you're going to see, okay, yes, who has the expertise? But then you made a comment a little bit earlier about that energy exchange. And so, especially if it's a one-on-one -on -one type of engagement, and I would say even a group, this isn't as applicable online, but for sure, if it's human beings involved, then, you know, what do I, how do I feel about that person or that engagement? And just really tapping into just uh, the emotion, um, you know, did I feel like I felt comfortable with that person or in that group? Do I feel excited about the opportunity? So yes, there's a logical side of decision-making, but then there's also the emotional side as well. Yeah, and that's paramount. I, I would say, you know, even even one of the things I'm learning, as we all are, is that energy exchange, it comes through technology in a different way, but it's still there, like it's still a frequency. And, um, and I sometimes notice even going back and listening to old interviews, there are times when when you have that energy exchange, and you're really hitting on some vulnerable stuff, and you're hitting on the deep stuff. I notice that the technology starts to go a little bit haywire. It starts to so sometimes the sound packets drop out. Um, you get the you get the skips. You know, not, not that 
it's basically digital packets that are dropping in the transmission. Um, but that's been pretty consistent, like almost as if the technology can't quite handle what ends up being a, a little bit, you know, and I apologize for those that are, you know, listening and they're like, what is he talking about? But it gets on a, it gets on a quantum level and it sort of overrides the circuits of some of the things we have on the digital level. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that in the future because I think we're really pushing up against that in this, in this new realm of energy. How do we tell energy exchange? How do you tell on a zoom if you're really jiving with someone or not? I think we're going to get, we're, we're going to get better at that. It will never replace, as you as you said, it will never replace the human to human. But that is one of the learnings that I'm seeing is that there are there are unveilings of energy exchange in, in new formats, um, which excite me personally. Oh, I think that you you totally hit on. We could have a whole another conversation about that because I am so fascinated by energy. Um, I actually bring it into the coaching work that I do too because I found that um, intention, intentional energy, at least in the work that I do, it's a lot about um, being intentional and what's the energy that you're bringing into the room in an interview or what's the intention that you have? Are you, are you visualizing what success might look like to you and paying attention to the energy or the emotion when that, like it's, it's, this is like what Olympic athletes do and have done for decades. And so the science and the research and the studies that are coming out on this are all proving this. This is whole space that we just don't know that much about. But I will tell you, Bill, it's been so fascinating to me in the work that I do. I, I could literally tell you story after story after story of clients and even in my own personal life of when you're combining taking action with also really uh, being intentional about holding on to the positive energy. And that kind of links us back. I mean, if I connect the dots between what you're talking about right now and even what we were started this conversation on around uncertainty, there's an energy that is with uncertainty. And, and so, and that's gonna vibrate at a different level if you're at uncertainty, which is gonna be much slower then if you're shifting and you're practicing or, you know, just really, I'll say practicing this habit of shifting your thinking around, okay, I might be feeling crummy right now, but that's a choice. Like, what can I do or what can I shift to? Even if it's, as an example, turning off the news, you know, there's like external triggers that can trigger that uncertainty. And so if you don't want to be in that energy, then make a choice to put yourself into an environment that's a little more peaceful than listening to whatever news station that is, doesn't matter what news station you listen to right now. It's all really hard. So yeah, I love that topic. Yeah. I mean, I could talk about that. For, that's one of the things I, I spend a lot of time um, researching neuroscience, that how the brain works, um, quantum entanglement. I mean, this is all stuff I get, I get energy from when I, because there's so much I, I, I learned that we don't know. Like we think we know the limits of the brain. We don't. We think we know the limits of the body. We don't. You know, you talk about the power of intentions and in Olympic athletes and studying how Olympians um, and and the psychology of Olympians and the psychology of sport. All of that is is what feeds me. And in, in, in times when I brush up against kind of that level of not knowing or uncertainty, I study those things because it reminds me that just when I I think I've hit my my all knowing that I could possibly know. I realized there's a lot more inside, and mostly what was inside was right the whole time. 
Um, so yeah, there's a there's a lot more that we could talk about there. One last one last question before we 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 begin to wrap here, and it kind of goes to this aspect you're talking about with energy, and even where we started with uncertainty. A question I love to ask guests is, how do you stay healthy and change? That is such a great question. Such a great question. The way that I stay healthy in change is by focusing on my state of being mm -hmm. first and really making it non-negotiable to be in a low or depressed or even uncertain state for any period of time. Um, this is something that I learned a few years back. And if any of you follow the work of Tony Robbins, then you'll know what this is because I, I never made that connection. And so staying healthy, like I actually think that it does come back to energy. That's actually the way that I think about it. So it's fascinating that you bring that up. Just during change, if you can make a choice to do everything that you have control over to stay in a healthy and positive state of mind, state of being, you will be able to navigate change so much more easily. And that even extends to self-care practices. Like I know that to be in a positive and great state of, um, state of mind and state of being, I need to go for a run every day. Like I need to get outside because I'm in my house too much right now. I need to get outside, whether it's raining or not, just get outside and and move my body and feel great i need to be conscientious about the food that i put into my body and there's foods that are just going to be really low energy that are super packaged and all of that and then there's some that are life-giving and i've played around with that over the years and really now have kind of honed into that i know what the impact is and so and then even just being aware of what lights you up, like you were talking about, like prior to pandemic, being in the coffee shop or being the library or, you know, now it's maybe it's just jumping on a Zoom call and initiating that with a few friends because I call it kind of your toolkit, your toolkit for feeling great. I mean, at its most simplistic way. And so, you know, I would, I used to feel like it was selfish to do self-care stuff. Like if I wanted to get a massage or do some other stuff that seemed indulgent, that that was selfish to do those. No, I don't look at it all that way anymore. It's self-care because when you are feeling great and at a really um, peak state of mind and a peak state of being, then you are better able to navigate change in your own life, but you're also able to help others because that's kind of how I think about some of this. Um, and in the work that I know you do and I do, I, I have this phrase, I think of us as like light workers. And, and, you know, there's not everyone that's going to have the same level of knowledge and skills of navigating change that's that I might, or that you might. And so the better ability that we can be to stay healthy and strong and open to change and help others that are maybe struggling a little bit more, then um, that's a good thing. So really staying in that peak state of, of mind and peak state of being and having that be non-negotiable is the best way that I navigate change. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of science behind that that shows, as you say, when you're in that state of mind, you actually echo out a different aura, right? And, and we attract a different um, people and we attract different outcomes and different results because of that. And 
you know, I've, I've studied a little bit about the chakras and I've studied a little bit about Reiki and polarity and these, and, and, and these are such life-giving things that I'm, that I'm learning about because it's the toolkit. It's exactly like you described. It's the toolkit. Um, you know, there are all the different software and tools that we have on devices. Well, we too ourselves have our own, you know, applications of things um, that we can utilize. And and so studying that and understanding that has been very much, uh, you know, a, a, a gift for me in this, in this work. Um, and I also find, you know, I asked, uh, I was asked this question just last weekend by a very dear friend. What is the gift that COVID-19 is showing you? And a lot of people might take that question and be like, there's not one um, because there has been a lot of challenge and certainly a lot of grief and pain. Um, but I thought that was such a powerful question. What is the gift that COVID-19 is showing you? Um, and in some ways, I think it's it's what you and I have talked about, you know, which is this ability to navigate in a new world, to move through the world in a different way and get closer to that purpose despite all of the ambiguity uncertainty and feelings of inadequacy um i know that was one of the things i struggled with the most in the beginning of of the pandemic was here i am someone who has led people through change for almost two decades and those first couple weeks of the pandemic i was like i can't what can i do like i i I should be somewhere doing something for someone and I felt very inadequate, but in that in, in that investigation of inadequacy is when I started to realize there was so much more about the choice of, okay, what do you do with uncertainty? Well, you've got two decades of navigating uncertainty that is in your toolkit that you're really quite good at and have helped a lot of people with. So start there and, and the rest is just logistics. Yes, I love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's been it's been really eye opening for me. Um, before we close, Julie, uh, I would love for you to share where people can get in touch with you, learn about you, and maybe as part of that, them trying to figure out, you know, um, what's right for them and their learning styles, how they can maybe reach out to you. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Um, I would say the best place to get in touch with me is on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm active on LinkedIn, Julie Shaler. Um, so look me up on LinkedIn. I've got my story there. I've got a lot of articles I've published there. Um, there's also a link to our website, empowercoaching.com. Uh, but just in terms of getting in touch with me, LinkedIn is probably the best platform, uh, the easiest one. And, and I definitely am happy to talk to people that are kind of in that place of uncertainty or wondering what to do next or wondering like I just got furloughed or I just got laid off and you know how do I how do I make sense of that and so um yeah happy happy to have those conversations with people great thank you so much Julie I really appreciate your time today this was um as expected it was the meeting I looked forward to the most today and it was very (laughs) very very um very giving I appreciate your time and and you sharing uh insight stories and and ways for people to you know, feel better. Thanks, Bill. And thanks for the opportunity too. This was really a pleasure. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely.